Floor behind the chair. This is America. Does everybody know what time it is? Fix it radio. And it is that time, Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us today. We do appreciate it. This is a live show on May the 6th. So if you're listening to Replay Show, you know what went on on this particular day. And we appreciate you joining us. If you're listening to our Tuesday Replay, thank you for that as well. We appreciate that very much also. Steve Horvath with me today, filling in for Dennis Brewster. And uh, Steve, thanks. Welcome back a little bit since we've seen you. Yes, yes, yes. It's good to be here. You've, it's you've, good to be you've here. been out doing some, some physical things, I yes, should say. Yes, yes. I've been battling a little bit of cancer. And I had a new knee, too. So a I, new I, knee. A new knee. And, 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 and you, you won and a battle, and you're doing great. Yeah. You know, and it's it's easy. It was an easy battle. The doctor said you're 96, 97% curable. Okay. You just have to go do it. Right. You know? so, yeah, that's <laughs> the that's issue. A, it's easy. you got to go do it. easier battle. Well, appreciate you being here and steve's been a faithful part of what we do here on crawford on klz for a very long time drive radio especially and then also here fix it radio during the week rush to reason as well so appreciate steve and i told you guys last week we would more than likely today talk about the irrigation side of things i was going to get into that last week but yeah weather wise it just wasn't quite you know conducive yet it is now and a lot of you have probably either turned yours on or have thought about turning it on or you're waiting for somebody to come and help turn it on we are going to walk you through some things to where you i hope by the time we're done you don't need to call anyone because really we can walk you through the majority of what you need to do to get things up and running now if you've got a a problem a break something along those lines we'll get into some of that as well today and 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 again try to help walk you through that if you have any questions regarding irrigation and some of you may lines are open 303-477-5600 now you can also text us a question 307-282-22 even if you're listening to us on a replay tuesday for example you can still text us a question i'll get that answered 307-282-22 now before i go any further some of you are probably thinking are we farmers irrigation you know (laughs) we have ditches okay In the landscape world, irrigation is your sprinkler system. So I should have said that maybe coming into it, and I apologize since I kind of live in that world at times. We call it irrigation, sprinkler system. You call it whatever you want to, but the automated way of watering your grass, your plants, your shrubs, your trees, those sorts of things, that's what we'll talk about today. Some of you have probably relatively new systems that don't need much. Some of you probably have... Very old systems that may need a little more TLC. Some of you may, might be in between. Some of you may have one clock to run you know, one set of zones. Some of you may have several clocks, depending upon the size of your property. And it's kind of a hodgepodge of, mm-hmm. of things. And again, every system, this is, this is where it's unique when it comes to sprinkler systems and houses. Unfortunately, there is no quote-unquote standard maybe not that's probably saying that there's some loose standards when it comes to irrigation here in Colorado and how things get done for example newer systems will all be run with the lines underground using what we call polypipe or the 
the polyurethane pipe that can expand. If it gets frozen, for example, it'll expand, contract, expand, contract, and, and things like that. And a lot of systems that have been put in for, oh gosh, Steve, probably the last 30 years or so have probably, maybe even a little longer than have been done with that poly pipe. Yeah. Um, and anything that's been done in the last 10 years for sure is done with poly pipe. Now, you get older than that. A lot of the systems prior to that were put in because we didn't really have as much access to the to the poly pipe. It wasn't as as prevalent. A lot of them were put in with PVC, where it's the you know it's the white pipe, you know PVC pipe that's laid underground. And there's here's the school of thoughts: if you can, even if you're working on something, do an upgrade and change from the PVC to the poly. The poly is just the type of of product that will just last and last and last because of what I said a moment ago. Now, poly has downsides just like anything else. It can get collapsed by tree roots. You know, it can because here's the thing about irrigation or about water in general. Tree roots seek water. So if you have any kind of seepage anywhere in your lines, guess where the tree roots are trying where, where they do go, not try to go where they it's do searching. go. It's searching. They're searching and they will go find that water. So if you have a little bit of seepage coming out, you know, pinhole in a line, for example, uh, you know, any kind of seepage, that tree root will then go seek if it's if that line is near a tree. And I mean, near a tree as in it could be 10, 15 feet away. You'd be shocked at how far those roots will go, depending upon the species of tree. But I we have dug up as a, you know, in our business, we've we've dug up. Uh, you know, lines where you've got low pressure maybe to a particular zone, everything else is working great, but this one's not working well, you typically then have to go figure out, okay, what's going on? And that can be a daunting task to try to figure out where is the blockage. And in some cases, you're just sort of digging and digging. And eventually what usually happens is you find a place where a tree root has literally gone around and either gone through or strangled a, that's a good word. It basically, for it. strangles the line and it and it chokes it down, and that that line no longer functions like it once did. Things can shift in the soil. Uh, you know, things just can break, and with the temperature swings that we have and the long winter that we had, I will tell you that a lot of you will probably be doing a little bit more maintenance, especially if you have an older system. The long winter we had this year, that that type of winter we had will wreak havoc on a lot of sprinkler systems. Even though they may have been blown out properly and all that was done on the front side, you're probably, don't be surprised if you don't find some things this particular year that you may not have found in the past. Oh, every year. Every year when I turn mine on, I have something seems to be, it, it always feels like that. But uh, No, I, it, it, that's typically because they, are, they sit dormant for, you know, six months plus out of the year. Are and, you turning yours on yet? Uh, mine, I have some repairs to make. Uh, okay. And that's just it, too. Uh, you know, I, Mother's Day is always kind of like the mm-hmm. the thing for Colorado for plantings and turning sprinklers Correct. on, too. Which, this is a late Mother's Day. It is. So, so you, you typically that, right now could be doing some of these things, Mother's Day being, of course, next weekend. But, uh, yeah, you could be doing some of these things right now. Yeah, we're, we're not cold enough now to where it's an issue. If you want to get things turned on, you sure can. But, yeah, even in my case, yes, I have some. I have one main line that we determined this last week has got a – a break in it, uh, not building up enough pressure because all of the pressure's being relieved in an area. And, and I've got a hodgepodge system. Sure. Because I have an old house built in 74, but it's had some upgrades done here and there. So I've got a system where I've got some poly in places. I have PVC in places. And it's just one of those things where because it's getting a, a, to that age, it's just 
every year you just try to find some things that you need to upgrade and you just kind of keep chunking away at it and that's what you do i mean to go in and replace everything you'd have the entire yard dug up and it's just not worth doing so we just you know we do what we need to at the beginning of each year get things fired up and away you go now typically i will say this i typically can get things all fired up not have any issues adjust some heads and away you go not a big deal that's something else we'll get into in a moment uh, but, you know, again, this year, how long the winter was and we had deeper freeze in the ground than we've typically had in years past because we didn't get the warm ups in the winter that we normally get. So it just kept freezing, 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 freezing. We had some below zero weather. And in that case, yes, you're, you're going to most likely find some things, especially in an older system that needs some repair that you may not have had to do in the past. So don't be shocked if you go to turn things on. And everything doesn't work exactly right. Now, what we're going to do is go step by step in what you do to turn things on. Because most likely somebody or you shut things down last October, probably. Mm-hmm. Mostly, well, knowing we had snow late October, yeah, you probably should have had things shut down last October. And if you were unfortunate enough to have waited a little bit and just had to shut things down and didn't get everything blown out you will most likely have more problems than someone else that didn't get things blown out, depending upon your system. That's the other thing about it. The late, I always say late model, I'm trying to be a car guy here. Um, (laughs) Systems that have been put in that aren't super old, they will typically have self-draining heads, and there's a lot of things in them that make that system work way better than an old system, and the need to blow the newer systems out is not as high as it is in the older system. So if you've got a newer house, newer system, the need to blow things out isn't as big of a deal as long as you got the the backflow area all you know handled and drained and so on you won't have any huge issues now step by step most of you again not all but most of you will have a shut off to the sprinkler system from the inside of the house because what they do typically is they will run a copper line from inside the house outside to your backflow which is typically all made of copper and brass and those get stolen from time to time as well um anyways First thing to do is make sure that when you go outside to your backflow valve, make sure that all of that is there. They're still there. Somebody (laughs) didn't steal it because, yeah, the the copper and brass is worth money, and thieves will run around and just take a chop saw. You know, saws all cut those off, and they go get money for those, especially if you've got a little bit larger one of those. Yeah, they'll basically cut those off. So make sure that that system is there, and most of you just walk around. If you don't know where it is, somebody's done this work for you maybe in the past, it's easy to find. Just walk around the outside of your house, and you'll find this copper set of pipes basically coming up out of the ground, typically right next to the side of the house. Uh, In some cases, they may be out in some bushes or something along those lines, but typically it's right next to the I mean, for the last, gosh, Steve, several decades, they're just right next to the house, typically, sure. is where they're at. Got a little hat on it. Yeah, it look like a little, yeah, exactly, <laughs> thank you. A little, little, little bell, typically, on top, bell, or a hat, right something along down. those lines is what you'll see. And, yeah, the hat's a good, a good explanation. And have a little hat on it. And just look at that. Make sure that it's all still there, everything's attached, and so on. Now, if all that looks great, go inside. And since you know where that is now on the outside of your house... The shutoff will typically be right where that is on the inside of the house. So if it's on a west-facing wall in the middle of that wall, you go to the basement, go to the west wall, go to the middle, and you'll typically find where the shutoff and on is for that particular, uh, for that for that sprinkler system, I should say. Now, in most cases, it's just going to be a ball valve. You turn it 90 degrees on or off, and you're just going to go downstairs. And before you turn it on, 
some systems have a little cap mm-hmm. on yes. the ball valve that you can unscrew, and it will let the water from the pipe out. Not all, but a lot of them will have that. So if it has that, you want to make sure that you've screwed that back nice and tight. It doesn't have to be tight with pliers. Just tighten it up with your fingers, and then turn the valve on. And you should hear it pressurize up. And as long as the water is not continuing to run, you'll hear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Again, and don't have any other water in the house or anything on. Just go do this independent of everything else running so you can really hear the pipes and hear what's going on. But as you turn that on, you should hear it build a little pressure. It'll Water will run for, I don't know, three or four seconds. And it should shut back off. And if that happens, you're good to go. Now, if you turn that on and it keeps running... You have a problem, typically at the backflow itself. And sometimes there's little parts in there that can not seal up or they can actually get frozen. And there's a safety mechanism in there to where if that if that area gets frozen, it'll typically break some of the plastic pieces inside and not ruin the entire backflow valve. Now, the reason the backflow is there, this is by code, backflows have to be there because the municipal water uh, sources, our city water sources and so on, They are worried about water that would actually be out in the yard area where if all of a sudden water got shut off some way, somehow, there's then a siphon that is created in the system. And if there is a pool of water, for example, that's next to a sprinkler head, and of course there could be contaminants in that, fertilizers, pesticides, things like that, and if that all of a sudden happens and there's a siphon effect for any reason... The backflow valve is there to prevent water from coming back into your house from the sprinkler system. And it's by code that it's there because, like I just said, in the rare occurrence where a, a siphon system, you know, a, a siphon event, let me say it that way, if in fact there's a siphon event that happens, if you don't have a backflow valve there, it can go right back into the municipal water and everybody's water from that point on is now contaminated. That's their fear. And again, if that happens in multiple houses or an entire neighborhood, you could really wreak havoc on your local, you know, fresh water supply by having that happen. So by code, they make you have that device on your sprinkler system. It's called an anti-backflow valve is what that's called. And it's there to make sure that water doesn't siphon back into your system uh, in case of any kind of a siphon event. And I'm not an expert on any of that, nor am I going to get into it, nor do I care to. But there's different things that can cause a siphon event. And it could be anything from just having your water shut off out at the street to a major water disruption to you name it. Siphon events can happen. And we just don't want the water that's outside in your grass and other areas and so on from coming back into your municipal system. That's, that's why we have those devices there. They can be finicky, though. And if you have a business, you have to have one of those two Correct. For regular water. Just, Correct. Just to know. So Which, probably... that one I've not quite understood, Steve, because yeah, no, I have to you have don't it. have them on regular houses, but you have them on businesses. And their theory is, well, you're doing things in a business that you're typically not doing at home, which, by the way, I would argue because people use chemicals and all sorts of things at home, just like you, in fact, probably as much as you would use in a lot of businesses, and yet businesses have to have backflow devices on their water supply, and households do not from the... We're talking about the main water supply coming into the house. Businesses have to have an anti-backflow device on their system for their commercial building, yet the residence next door doesn't. I've never understood that one. <laughs> that, that to me, is a money grab. 
and maybe some plumber can share with me why that's on businesses and not households. But I, to me, that's nothing but a big money grab that somebody decided at one time that, oh, yeah, these guys have money to pay. These guys don't. So let's go after these guys over here that have the deep pockets and we'll leave the residences alone. That's my opinion. We actually have a loyal listener that listens to our that te- checks my. It does every those. Day. Yes. Yeah, the, the Andrew. Yes. Yes. And by the way, if one of you listening wants to explain to me why it's important for commercial versus residents. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. I would love yeah, to know because to me, there's no difference between one and the other. And some would say, well, you're doing different things in the business you're not doing at home. I can tell you, most houses use a lot more water than any business oh, has yeah, ever thought of running. Nothing at, at my business. You're not running to, much. You're yeah. flushing toilets and washing some hands and maybe running a garden hose here and there, and that's about it. Yeah, uh, yeah the, the water bill is minimal. Nothing. Yeah. I mean, so, we, of course, we designed our sprinkler system or our landscaping so it wouldn't take as much right. as a house because a house takes with the Correct. grass takes tons of water anyways i've never understood that side note so that, gallons, you want to make that. sure that all of that's good we'll, we'll come back and i'm going to talk about how to turn now the backflow on because right now we've left every, keep in mind i told you leave everything off we're not we're not turning anything on at the backflow we're just turning from the water supply in the main house to the backflow on right now that's it we want to make sure we've got water flow there And no issues, no leaks, no nothing. That's our first step. So we'll come back. I'll go through probably step two and three and four and (laughs) on down the line we go. Again, if you have any questions for us, please let us know. 303-477-5600. Don't forget Stack Optical. In fact, Alan Stack's going to be joining us here in just a little bit. I'll get some information from him on what he's got going on at Stack Optical. But remember, Alan can do everything from your eye exam on to the final product of what you need. And for a lot of you, there are special needs when it comes to your eyewear. Maybe you're doing things outdoors. Maybe you uh, wear trifocals and you want that particular magnification lens to be in a different part of your lens. So when you're looking at something, maybe up instead of down, you may want that magnification in a different spot. Alan can take care of all of that for you. And then some. He can design the lens to basically need to meet your needs of whatever you have going on. And by the way, he's also got all the designer frames and things that you could think of. And the other thing that's great about Alan is he will fit those things to you and your face and make things work correctly at the end of the day, which, by the way, the majority of big box stores know nothing about. They've got some minimum wage individual they just hired to help with your eyewear, and they do not have the 40, 50 years of experience that Alan has in doing this. So go to the best. That's Stack Optical, 303-321-1578. With everyone wanting more of your money from eggs to gas to taxes, how do you keep more of what you've earned? Call 720-895-0500, Affordable Interest Mortgage, where we can show you how to pay less interest on your home, have access to your equity for 30 years, and be prepared for unexpected expenses or emergencies. The market has changed. You now have more buying authority whether you want to purchase with a rate in the threes on a 321 buy-down or refinance and pay less interest to own your home faster with the Asset Manager Mortgage. Call Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500, where we've been serving Coloradans for over 20 years. Government agencies continue to raise the cost of financing, whether to purchase or refinance. Let us show you how not to pay these increased fees with loan programs designed to pay less interest and put you in control of your equity. 
If you want to purchase a home with the rates in the threes or you want to have access to your equity, call Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. In these difficult times, you can still save. 720-895-0500. That's 720-895-0500. And MLS 298-191, regulated by DORA. Do you know that your windshield is getting more expensive to replace? Most vehicles have options that help keep the vehicles from avoiding accidents or even keep it in the traffic lane. These windshields require more than just a replacement of the glass. They also require a calibration of the computer system to make sure everything is operational to the specifications the manufacturer set when the vehicle was built. You can't trust the traveling glass replacement shop to do these necessary calibrations as they require special equipment and in most cases an indoor shop to perform the calibration. We have two Novus locations that can replace your windshield and also do these calibrations. Novus Fort Collins and Novus Sterling. Both are fully equipped with the latest technology to service your vehicle properly. Find either location by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. You are responsible for making sure that you are properly insured. But you're not alone. While Paul Leuenberger believes in personal accountability, he wants to make sure he's setting you up for success as your home and auto insurance agent. Paul will teach you about how you can save money on your premium while being fully covered in case of a loss. Your insurance should be for emergencies, not petty cosmetic issues. Insurance is not a coupon, your bank account, or for maintenance. Paul Leuenberger will tell you that your insurance is for emergencies. And when you work with Paul, You'll be rewarded for your diligence. Ask him about their incentivizing rebate program. Take a higher deductible and take responsibility. It's just one of the ways they can afford to keep their rates low. Take control of your life. Take responsibility for your insurance coverage. Call Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance now at 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. Winter is nearing its end, but the threats to your roof's integrity are not. Warmer temperatures mean melting snow and spring rains. Don't wait until there's water inside your home to act. Be proactive today by calling Roof Savers Colorado. Here at Roof Savers, we try to save every client from the expense of a costly replacement without compromising the performance of your roof. This 100% plant-based product gives you the new roof performance without new roof costs. For any roofs that do not qualify for the treatment, we work with your insurance so you can get the replacement you need. With over 20 plus years of roofing experience, we believe in helping you determine the right solution for your situation and through every season. Call today to schedule your free roof inspection. Call us at 303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916. Or go to RoofSaversCO.com today to ensure your roof can keep unwanted leaks away. All right, we are back. Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us today. Steve Horvath with me today from Geno's Auto Service. And, yes, Geno's will be, our Steve from Geno's will be with me during Drive Radio as well. Karen in Michigan is with us next. Karen, welcome. How are you? Hi, John. Um, I'm okay. Randy always called you. Remember, he was in yes. Michigan? Yes, uh, yes. Well, Randy passed away at the uh, end of March. I'm sorry to hear that, Karen. 
I wanted you to say what a great job you did. He loved calling your radio show. He loved talking to you about vehicles. He loved that you knew so much and everything. He would tell everybody about you and your radio station. Well, we sure appreciate that. And um, sorry for your loss, Karen, and ours as well. I mean, yes, he was a great caller. Look forward to talking to him most every week. Yeah. And uh, anyway, he told me to start the car, not to um, just let it idle. He said, because it's better to drive it than just to let it true. run. That is true. And, okay, and I know it's a 99, so it's an older vehicle, but I'm here with my sister, and she's getting on me because I won't just start the car and pull it into the driveway from the street um, because here they have a thing where from 3 in the morning until 5 in the morning you can't be on the street, so I have to pull it into the driveway. But I won't just start it and pull it in. I told her I want to take it for a drive, so I usually take it for a 15- or 20-minute drive. And uh, she yelled at me and told me that Randy was wrong. Oh, no, no, Randy is I, correct, actually. Okay. And I told her, of course, that I had just lost Randy, and I'm going to do what he told me because he took care of that vehicle. It got us everywhere we've ever needed to be. Yep, sure. And so nope, I'm going to correct. keep doing what Randy said to do. And uh, so I want to know, in the summer, how long should I drive it for? And in the winter, how long should I drive it for? And how often? So what, how many miles on average, Karen, during those different times of the year do you put on it? Um, not very many because I'm staying with my sister now in Michigan and I'm not working. So I drive to my other sister's house and she's about two miles away. I would probably at least start it, whether you drive it or not, it's up to you. But I'd probably at least start it every other week just to make sure it's got some, you know, keeping the battery charged, doing the things that you need along those lines, keeping the fluids moving and so on. But, yeah, you would you don't have to drive anywhere. You could just go let it idle for a few minutes and, you know, yeah. do that and you'd be fine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You have That's no issues. Thing. I, just, I just don't like to start it and just pull it up and, and turn it off. You know, and I know Randy was big on that, and he was big about, you know, that's just wasting the starter. And Yeah, and well, and he so. had cars that lasted a very long time, so I would use his method and keep doing it, Karen. Yeah, which was your method. Yep, so I it worked very you. well. And like I said, I appreciate you being good to Randy. Well, thank you very much, Karen, and thank you for the update. And if you need anything at all, you know where to call. Yes, I do. Thank okay, you so much. Okay, you're very welcome, Karen. Thank you, thank you. And sorry for your loss. Anytime we have a listener that passes away, we... We want to know that. Alan, pull that microphone up. And that Steve and I were talking a moment ago. You know, you know you've been doing this a really long time when between listeners and or customers you have people that start to pass away. Oh, and yeah. that's a sad thing. It just shows you, though, you've been doing it for a very long time. Yep, we've been through quite a few different generations. Yes. And it's uh, tough. It's just like part of the family. It really is. And no, Randy was very much a part of our family. So, Karen, I know you're listening. We Really, our condolences go out to you and all of Randy's family. And, yeah, we talked to Randy for, gosh, a very, very, very long time. He was a part of what we did here on a pretty routine basis. And I hadn't heard him last several weeks. So I kind of wondered, you know, anytime I don't hear from somebody, you kind of wonder. Either they're on vacation or... Something else has happened. Wayne up in Greeley is another one that we lost here not that long ago. And uh, Wayne's family, I know, probably still has some listening as well. And we, we really appreciated Wayne as well. So, yeah, anytime any of you that are listening hear of something of one of our faithful listeners happening, please let us know. We, you know, we like to know those things and, and uh, just, you know, give you as much comfort as we can. But, you know, we really, we really appreciate that. And even though it was a car question during Fix It Radio, we'll take those because, you know, Drive Radio is coming up here in a minute and we have no issues with that whatsoever so all right really quick before we get on with our second mode of what we want to do with irrigation alan welcome glad oh, you're here alan thank you. stack thank you. 
Stack Optical. I was just talking about Alan a moment ago, and and uh, I don't I don't uh, probably because Alan, I don't know every little single thing you do because I've never done what you do, but I do know that when it comes to eyewear, you're the guy. Yeah, and I was thinking about your show today, and we'll we'll go over some different things they can do at home. To- okay. To work with their eyewear. Okay, so we'll do that. In, we'll do that here in a moment. And yeah, some of you'll have emergencies, and being fixed at radio fits mm-hmm. right into what we're talking about. All right, real quick though, let's get your irrigation system running. So, step two: you've got the water from the house on out to your backflow valve. Hopefully, everything's fine. You don't hear any water running. Everything's good to go. The next step is you'll need a flat, but you typically need a flat bladed screwdriver. It doesn't have to be anything fancy; just a flat bladed, regular sized. They probably call it a number two or something screwdriver. I don't ever pay attention to those numbers. I just know by looking what you need. But you know, just a regular flat bl- flat bladed screwdriver, not a butter knife, a flat bl- bladed screwdriver, because these are going to be a little stiffer than what you would normally use a butter knife or something along those lines for. And what you're going to do is now that we've got the water onto the backflow valve, they'll be on the backflow valve, typically a couple of flathead-looking screws that are on the intake side of the backflow valve, typically. Okay. Now, every one of these is a little different, but you'll see two screws. They look like screws, but they're not. They're actually little valves that you're turning with your screwdriver, and you want those to go... Make sure I say this right, Steve. It's hard on the air to describe this without having it in front of me. You want the screws, you're going to turn them 90 degrees, and you want them to be in line with the pipe. So you want the screw heads, the, you know, the screwdriver to line up with the pipe because that's opening those valves. Does that make sense? Or no, sorry, I'm, I'm backwards close, on this. You yeah. want closey. So you want you them want, to be the opposite. You want them to be 90 degrees. 90 degrees, yeah. Because you're opening them to drain it. We're going to close them back off and have them be against the pipe, I guess is the best way for me to say that, right? Yeah, and most of those... Up and down. Yeah, both, most of the valves are installed perpendicular. They're Correct. not... Correct. So, so they just should be pointing straight up. There you go. Thank you. That's great. You okay, thank you. Yes, Steve. That's why we brought him along here. Just, yeah, just, just have your screwdriver pointing up and down. Good way to say it. Okay, and it, again, this is hard to do when you're not looking at yeah. what we're doing. Uh, but straight up and down, we're going to close those off. Because what we're going to do next is there'll be two other ball valves on your backflow valve. One of them is the water coming into the backflow. The other is the water going out. And we're going to do this one step at a time. You're not going to open both at once. We want to open the intake side, so the pipe coming from the house up, which we've already turned the water on, we're now going to open that ball valve up, and you're going to hear the backflow valve kind of engage. You'll sort of hear it kind of water run out for a moment, and then it'll pressurize, and the little pad on top, as Steve explained earlier, will pop up with the spring, and it should seal up. If it doesn't, we've got to get this handled before we do anything else. Because if you turn that on and it keeps leaking and you see water squirting out all over, That's we have correct. to get this resolved first before you can turn the sprinkler system on. So hopefully, though, we're going to turn that on. It's probably at a 45-degree angle right now. If they shut things off correctly, it won't be at a 90. It'll be at a 45. Just turn it to where this, in this case, you do want the handles to line up with the pipe. Mm-hmm. Just run with however the pipe's coming in, because that can be all sorts of different methods depending upon who plumbed it. But typically, it's going to be right at the, at the backflow valve. You want that handle to be in line with the pipe. Just turn it on. You'll hear things pressurize up, and hopefully, no leaks. Now, like I said, depending upon how it was drained, blown out, and so on, yeah, we're going to just go through that. And even, and by the way, I've seen them even where everything's been blown out correctly. 
you could still have just a little piece of dirt. Something gets hung up. The There's little rubber O-rings in there. Those can go bad and get dry over time. It may not seal up. And if it doesn't, then you got to take the backflow valve apart and figure out why. Now, some of you have that ability, and it's not hard to take the valve apart and figure out what's wrong. And all those parts, by the way, are available for the most part, unless you've got some obscure backflow valve most of those parts are available at your big box stores, mm-hmm. Lowe's, Home Depot, Ace Hardware, the like. So if you do turn that on and you've got water squirting everywhere, turn it back off, take it apart, and try to figure out what's wrong. Sometimes the little, I kind of call it the umbrella or the hat, you know, mm-hmm. Steve called it, uh, the, the parts that are under the little bell there, sometimes they'll crack, break, they get brittle. They're just plastic, and they're made out of plastic on purpose so that if... There is extra water left in there that freezes. It collapses and breaks that plastic and doesn't break the entire brass fittings that's surrounding all of that, which is very, very expensive, by the way. You don't want to put an entire backflow valve on. They're hundreds of dollars. The parts we're talking about are, I don't know, 8 to 10 bucks, probably. They're not very much. Yeah, and, 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 and Alan, you, you just said you've done it because things happen. Yep. So, again, this is not hard to fix. Um, to fix this now, I should have said this earlier, you'll need a small little, even just a crescent wrench to get the hat off that Steve explained earlier, kind of that little uh, brass umbrella that's on top. You want to take that off first, and once you do, you'll then see the parts that we're talking about. Now, to get those out, you just need a big pair of channel locks. So, large pair of channel lock pliers. It's all you need to do, put in, and it's righty, tighty, lefty, loosey, <laughs> is how they come apart. Okay, If you ever forget which direction am I supposed to turn this, Righty, tidy, lefty, loosey. Okay, so we're going to turn it left, unscrew it, look inside there. Now, sometimes it's just the spring and there's a little debris. You, you'll pull everything apart. Everything looks good. Nothing's broken. The, the seals look good. Everything's fine. So here's a little tip. If you get all that apart and it looks nice and clean, just go ahead and clean the rest of that out. Take a little rag, clean all that out inside, make sure there's no debris, dirt, anything like that that's in there. Because, again, this is designed to keep the dirt and things that are out in the irrigation system from backing up into your municipal water supply. That's what that valve is doing. So point being, when you get all that apart and everything looks good, you can cheat sometimes to make things seal up a little easier. Just get a little Vaseline, put it on those O-rings, go inside the house, get a little Vaseline, chapstick, whatever you got handy, even if you got chapstick in your pocket, whatever, rub a little Vaseline on them or a little, little lubricant of some kind on them, put everything back together, Tighten it up. doesn't have to be super tight. So when you put that back on on top, just hand tight. It doesn't have to be you're not cranking that thing down, that, that umbrella piece on top. You're not cranking that down. Get all that back on. Turn the water on. And at that point, if those pieces were still intact, should come back up and everything should seal up fine. You shouldn't have any issues. We're not turning on the regular water going out to the system in the valves until you get this component working properly. Okay, that's the rule of thumb here. Why? Because if that doesn't work, nothing else is anyways. This is a step-by-step process. And guys here are laughing at me, but it's just how no, it works. If you don't get, with if, you. Yeah, if you don't get this part working, you can't do the next step anyway. So hopefully by now, we've got that dialed in. And I should have said this earlier. If any of those parts are broken or even some of the O-rings look bad, just take that out and take it with you to Home Depot or Lowe's or Ace or wherever you're going, your local irrigation supply house, even there's some of those around town, just bring it in and say, I need these. (laughs) 
they, they will have somebody there that will help you with those and figure out what your needs are and get you back up and running. And Febco is typically the brand name that has that's on most of those backflow valves. I think Febco makes probably, I don't know, 80% plus of the irrigation backflow valves on the market. And they come in different sizes, but typically there's only like one of three different sizes for those backflow valves of the pieces we're talking about. And on the residential side, there's probably one size. Hmm. Okay, because you don't get into the bigger ones until you get into bigger systems that have more flow and they need, you know, the ability to run more water through them and so on. Most of your irrigation systems at home that are running three quarter pipe, it, it's all going to be pretty much the same. So take those parts down, get everything fixed. We've now got this pressurized. Now, once all that's good and pressurized, turn the second valve on that runs the water out to your sprinkler system. Once again, when we turn that on, we're listening to make sure that it fills the pipe and then shuts off. Just listen with your ear. And little trick, by the way, if, you, if it's maybe loud, you've got some road noise, maybe that side of the house is next to the road and it's hard to hear, take your screwdriver that you have with you, put it on the backflow valve, put your ear on the screwdriver and turn the water on. And by listening through the screwdriver, you'll hear if there's water running through there or not. Little trick. From the automotive, I guess that's, that's an old timer trick. Old time trip, but it <laughs> works really well. You it don't need good. you don't need anything else to listen. You just put the screwdriver on the pipe, put your ear up to the screwdriver, literally right on the screwdriver, and listen. And you'll hear through that whether or not water is running through the system or not. We don't want any water running. Once all that's on, if everything is not, you know, if there's no water running, you won't hear a thing. Now, if there is water, even a lit, believe it or not, the screwdriver trick. Even if you've got just a leaky valve, you'll still hear that in the screwdriver. And here's why this is important. If you've got just a little bit of a leaky valve, and it won't be enough to pressurize any of the heads, you won't see that, but you're still losing water and it's costing you money. And the water's not really going anywhere. It's not helping you water the grass or do anything with your plants or what have you. But you're spending money because water's going to be running all the time, even if it's a trickle. We want all the valves shut off, no water running through them at all, because we want to save money. Because, and some of you, Andy was telling me last week, Andy Pate, who helps me out during the week, Aurora passed a law this year, or not a law, but an ordinance, whereby whatever your average winter bill is, so say you use, I don't know, Average family, each person uses about five to 7,000 gallons a month, roughly. So say you've got a family of four and you used, I don't know, 18,000 gallons. Well, add 10% to that. You only get 1,800 gallons to water your lawn, plants, and so on with. Otherwise, you pay a penalty per so many thousands of gallons. That's Aurora's law this year or ordinance this year. In Andy's case, he's really getting screwed because between he and his wife, they use like less than 8,000 gallons a month. So he's got like five or 600 gallons to water everything with or pay the penalty because it's him and his wife and they shower at the gym and do all sorts of other things outside of the house and don't use much water. It's not fair. He's getting penalized where a family of five or six that uses all sorts of water in the winter can now use all sorts on the, on the lawn. He can't without paying a penalty. It's not fair, but that's the Aurora rules this year so that's the reason we don't want water running if everything is shut off and i will also say this most irrigation techs coming out to turn your system on won't even do what i just told you 
If they turn everything on and they don't see any heads popped up and there's no water running, they're not putting their ear to that screwdriver to hear if anything's running. Now, if it's big enough where they can just hear it running through the pipe, they'll probably do something about it. But most are not doing what I just said. And I know that because I've watched these things get turned on and very few people do what I just said. But we're in a day and age now where you've got to make sure no water's running through that system when it's completely on and pressurized at all. Or you're going to be spending more money because it doesn't take long for those. Keep in mind, that's going to run 24-7, seven days a week, system on or off. You've got that little leak going on. And by the way, that could just be some little valve in the system that's supposed to be keeping water from running through it. That if it's not, a little piece of dirt, anything in there could just make a little bit of water run through that and you're wasting money as that's going on. Now, if everything pressurizes up, sprinkler system is good now. We've got no water running through. We've listened to it with the screwdriver. Everything's great. Now you can go to your clock. And most of those clocks have the ability to do a test run. In fact, most of them will even have a little part on the clock that says test. Mm -hmm. You can go there and tell it how many minutes per zone you want to test. So you can then go watch how all of it's working. Is it spraying correctly? Do you need to adjust any heads? Now, with the advancement of cell phones like we have now, used to be as an irrigation tech, you'd run around with a piece of paper and write down every zone, every head, what needed adjusted, and so on, or you just did it on the fly. But if you get out there and you find, oh, I've got a head where it completely popped up, take a picture. Oh, this one's way out of adjustment. Take a picture. Give yourself a reminder of, okay, these are the areas I need to come back to once I've gone through the full system test and figured out what do I need to do to fix each one of these areas. Because, again, things can happen during the winter. Kids, pets rodents, lawnmowers, the aerator, uh, and you name it. There's all sorts of things running across your grass. Cars, if it's, a, if it's a head next to the driveway, the snowblower might have eaten one up. I mean, all sorts of things happen. And in some cases, all you have to do is skim the top of the head, and that head's no longer going to work properly. So we're going to test the rest of the system piece by piece to determine what's going on. And that's pretty much it. When we come back, Alan's going to give us some tips on the glasses side of the fence. But at that point, I hope we've got your system pretty well dialed in. If you have something specific, you can always send me a text message, and I'll answer that. Send me pictures of it as well, and I can help you out. 307-200-8222 is our text line. We'll be right back, though. Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. You are responsible for making sure that you are properly insured, but you're not alone. While Paul Lewinberger believes in personal accountability, He wants to make sure he's setting you up for success as your home and auto insurance agent. Paul will teach you about how you can save money on your premium while being fully covered in case of a loss. Your insurance should be for emergencies, not petty cosmetic issues. Insurance is not a coupon, your bank account, or for maintenance. Paul Lewinberger will tell you that your insurance is for emergencies. And when you work with Paul, you'll be rewarded for your diligence. Ask him about their incentivizing rebate program. Take a higher deductible and take responsibility. It's just one of the ways they can afford to keep their rates low. Take control of your life. Take responsibility for your insurance coverage. Call Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance now at 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. Winter is nearing its end, but the threats to your roof's integrity are not. Warmer temperatures mean melting snow and spring rains. Don't wait until there's water inside your home to act. Be proactive today by calling Roof Savers Colorado. 
Here at Roof Savers, we try to save every client from the expense of a costly replacement without compromising the performance of your roof. This 100% plant-based product gives you the new roof performance without new roof costs. For any roofs that do not qualify for the treatment, we work with your insurance so you can get the replacement you need. With over 20 plus years of roofing experience, we believe in helping you determine the right solution for your situation and through every season. Call today to schedule your free roof inspection. Call us at 303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916. Or go to RoofSaversCO.com today to ensure your roof can keep unwanted leaks away. Do you know that your windshield is getting more expensive to replace? Most vehicles have options that help keep the vehicles from avoiding accidents or even keep it in the traffic lane. These windshields require more than just a replacement of the glass. They also require a calibration of the computer system to make sure everything is operational to the specifications the manufacturer set when the vehicle was built. You can't trust the traveling glass replacement shop to do these necessary calibrations as they require special equipment and in most cases an indoor shop to perform the calibration. We have two Novus locations that can replace your windshield and also do these calibrations. Novus Fort Collins and Novus Sterling. Both are fully equipped with the latest technology to service your vehicle properly. Find either location by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. With everyone wanting more of your money from eggs to gas to taxes, how do you keep more of what you've earned? Call 720-895-0500, Affordable Interest Mortgage, where we can show you how to pay less interest on your home, have access to your equity for 30 years, and be prepared for unexpected expenses or emergencies. The market has changed. You now have more buying authority whether you want to purchase with a rate in the threes on a 3-2-1 buy-down or refinance and pay less interest to own your home faster with the Asset Manager Mortgage. Call Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500, where we've been serving Coloradans for over 20 years. Government agencies continue to raise the cost of financing, whether to purchase or refinance. Let us show you how not to pay these increased fees with loan programs designed to pay less interest and put you in control of your equity. If you want to purchase a home with the rates in the threes or you want to have access to your equity, call Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. In these difficult times, you can still save. 720-895-0500. That's 720-895-0500. And MLS 298-191, regulated by DOOR. All right, we are back. Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. Myself, Steve Horvath from Geno's Auto Service, Alan Stack, Stack Optical with us as well. Richard has a suggestion really quick. Go ahead, Richard. You're up. Hey, John. How you doing? Good, sir. Hey, uh, just a uh, suggestion on that. A, a variation from the screwdriver test. Yes. Harbor Freight sells a stethoscope with a metal rod at the end of it. Yep. You can, pin, you can pinpoint a leak within an inch of where it is. Good point. Yep. If you, have, if you find yourself in that mode, yeah, great, great idea. Yeah, definitely. Well, I used to do sprinkler repair. I did sprinkler repair for quite a while. And nice. Extremely, yeah, extremely that's a big useful. help. Yeah, good one. Good so one. You can check. You can check your individual valves with that. Yeah. Yeah. Now the screwdriver's good, but uh, 
this thing is so precise, it's ridiculous. Anyway, yeah. that's all I want. Oh, we use those in the automotive world. So, no, Richard, thank you for that. No, appreciate that. Yeah, so if you get to where you, you're finding you've got some leaks and you're trying to pinpoint it, yeah, you can definitely do that. And and uh, and I, I could, we could talk about this for a long time. They make electronic ones now that we use in the automotive world where if you're trying to find a noise or listen to a particular part or whatever, you can literally, it's magnified. You put it right on there, listen through your headphones. I mean, they're very sophisticated from, I just gave you guys the poor man's way of doing it with a <laughs> screwdriver, literally. All right, so speaking of screwdrivers, Alan, people have issues at times with their glasses, and it never fails. It's always when you least Sunday. expect it, or it's right. a Sunday afternoon, right? Right, right. So anyway, I was just going to mention one: super glue and your glasses don't mix. No, they do not. And you know, okay. Folks why, and why is that? Tell us why. Well, folks will come in and they've super glued it, which I, I could have fixed it, but because of the super glue and the solvents I've got to use to try to get that off the lens, we end up ruining the lenses. Right. So there's other fixes out there. You know, I've had po- folks take um, 12 volt wire. And you can, you can strip that down and use that copper and, and yeah. hold, instead of, put that around Wrap your it screen. around there. That'll hold that together. Or okay. use scotch tape. Oh, that's a good but one. But don't use super glue. Yeah. And that's the worst thing you put on there. Does the super glue also etch the, you know, depending upon the lens itself, does it etch the it lens does. also? It, that's yeah, what I thought. It actually the That's lens. what I thought, yeah. Yeah, no, super glue doesn't work. So you want to make sure you don't use that. Okay. And everything you put on there, you want to make sure it's easy to take off. The other thing is frame really does break. You're thinking, well, I'm not going to be ruining any. I'm not ruining the frame because it's already broken. No. But the whole thing is to protect the lens because I can take those lenses and uh, re-edge them and into the lens another is frame. The, in most cases, the expensive exactly. part, right? Especially with progressives and transitions yeah. and that yeah. type of thing. Yeah. So one of the things I just wanted to bring up is just stay away from super glue on your glasses so that I can fix them properly when you do get in. Okay. Makes and the other one works really well is toothpicks, wooden toothpicks inside oh, those barrels. Good idea. Because the, the wood is yeah. not going to mess up that barrel. Yeah. Easy to get out. Yep. And then I can pop that out there and put... And, and most of them are tapered, so yep. you give you a nice little fit. Yep. Oh, great idea. Push that in there. Okay. And the other thing is folks will pick up these kits at you know the drugstore right. that has all those screws in there. Do you know how many different size screws there are in glasses? Oh, I can't So you imagine. just take a normal... You take yeah. one of those screws and stick it in there, and you're jamming that in there. You you're just ruining the, the barrel. Up. Yep. Yeah. You just you mess the that threads up. Yeah, that's right. You, you just mess the threads up. You've got to know which size That's right. Which size it has to be accurate. So anyway, those little fixes really can save you a lot. In okay, the long run. appreciate that, Alan. And, we're, and again, Alan's going to be here for a while. So if you've got a question, by the way, anything glasses related, you know, eyewear related, please let us know. Three zero three four seven seven fifty six hundred. Paul's got another. Uh, either is it a question or a tip on backflow valves, Paul? It's a question. Uh, I've had my backflow valve in the last, I would say, ten years. Uh, I know they've been blown out correctly and completely emptied, and yet I've had the copper pipe uh, split three times, uh, and I have no idea why that would happen. It's getting it. And my gut feeling is you need to do the leak test we just talked about a moment ago. When everything is shut off, something's not shutting off, and most likely filling that back up with water. Because the only thing that will make that pipe break, as you know, is expanding water when it freezes. And what part of the system okay. of the copper is it before the backflow or after? Uh, yeah, which side, Paul? Yeah, yeah, it's before before the back. Okay, back yeah, then I'm guessing that your your shut off from the house is not completely shutting off, or you okay, maybe could my, put that little shut off is on out, there. Yeah, my shut off is off near the street there, and it's buried in the ground. Okay. 
Interesting. Okay. Um, I'm guessing water is not getting completely out of that pipe is what's happening. Yeah. Well, you know, the drain, plastic drain pipe, that uh, the plug that you put into it, maybe next winter I'll just leave that off and see what happens. That wouldn't be a bad idea. If, you, if, you, if you're fighting this, the other thing you might need to do, Paul, is just have a plumber or yourself put another valve, you know, that's got a petcock on it way down low right above the ground and have that left open so that all that drains out. Yeah, there's one on the other side. Okay. You but may have to put that on the intake side. Okay. On the pressure all right, thank side. You. you know, Paul, you're okay. welcome. Appreciate it very much. All right, Alan, one thing I talk about a lot with you. And I want people to really understand it coming from you versus me is, and I, I don't know that I do a really great job of explaining, you can custom make lenses to fit what anybody's doing according to their job, their trade, working around the house, you Basically name it. Basically their lifestyle. Whatever yeah, their lifestyle is, you can explain yeah. that so that I'm, you know. So anyway, there's. I don't sound like a knucklehead. Yeah, there's just so many lenses available to us now. As a matter of fact, they came out with a new lens for uh, pilots that. Okay. That it's it's a progressive, but they have a little progressive up on top, so they can see their gauges up on top. Oh, and that's really yeah. slick. And then all okay. of a sudden, I had a plumber come in and goes, "I got to have that." Well, te- auto technicians, it would yes. work for them as well. Yeah, because they're always looking, they're looking up. up. That's right. And you're trying to look at using your your you progressive. Ugh, I went to contacts years ago just because right. of what you you're talking about because I couldn't see to do anything. Now I got a lens for all visions. So okay. If, and a lot of you listening, too, keep this in mind. Some of you are like, well, hey, I'm in an industry where I've got to wear a safety glass. Yep. You can handle that as well, exactly. right? As a matter of fact, the lenses I'm wearing right now are safety approved. Okay. That's another misconception. A lot of folks think, oh, well, I've got to have a safety glass on top of my glasses. Not if you have the right glasses in the first place, you don't. Right. And, and, you know, of course, there are some different rules Agreed. out there as far as the ANSI. Right. You know, some will make you have side shields and that type of thing. But you can accommodate all that I as can. well. I can. Right? Yep. So if somebody's got a specialized job where they want their own set that they can use and see out of all the time, where they're not relying on something thrown in a drawer that they're just grabbing out and sticking on or hanging next to the piece of machinery they're using, they can see you and have something made exactly. just for them, right? Exactly. Which yeah. I will say this. Seeing is everything, and it'll it'll fit. Oh, thank that, you. That's the worst part about the safety glass because uh, it doesn't fit. They don't and, fit and for crap. It's, it's just, just stuff like you get off the internet. And They're awful. You put them on. Oh, They're awful. God. Half the time, I mean, for me, even even again, part of the reason why I went to contacts was even trying to weld and do things like that. Trying to do all of that with glasses on was just, especially me not having you back in the day to where I could have those specialized things. It was miserable. You couldn't see. No, I, I agree with you. So. Uh, um, the other thing, as far as those contacts too, you, you want to be wearing something over those contacts. Mm-hmm. You know, you get stuck well, in there. Oh, boy, that, oh, yeah. that's got to be irritating. Oh, it's painful. Yes. Oh no, I, <laughs> I have, I've learned that. Um, I'll be careful. How I say this. Yes, I was one of those guys prior to wearing contacts, especially where if you could just get by with something really quick and maybe kind of close your eyes and grind a minute or do whatever. Ooh. Did you always grab the safety glasses? Oh no. I'll be the first to admit I didn't. Oh, yeah. I'm an owner, and I'm dumb, and I do stupid things sometimes. I will say, though, this, Alan, after after having contacts and learning the hard way, you can't do that any longer. You put something on your eyes. Yep, yep. You definitely it's worse now than it was. The other thing I've noticed with contacts, and you can talk about this for a second, the brightness of the sun or even bright lights, I'm much more sensitive to that with contacts than I was prior. Yeah, and you know, I true? know they've come out with contacts, too, that are for light sensitivity. You know, they'll, they'll change color and this kind of... 
that's a very small part. You want to protect all around the eyes. Thank you. You know, for, you know, the cancers and so forth. Right. You want to wear complete sunglasses. You know, these contacts are just saying, oh, you can wear them outside. You know, they're, no. Yeah, I don't, uh, yeah, dangerous. that would not be, yeah. Okay. By the way, th- I didn't, I didn't know that, so thank you for saying that, because I didn't know you could even do that, nor would I, but I didn't know right. that was even an option. Yeah. T- no, so tinted lenses. Yeah, t- uh, tinted lenses. Tinted lenses. Yeah, I saw that in one of my journals, and it's just, oh, oh, my God. What because there's other parts of the eye you still need to protect, right? right? Exactly. And exactly. your eyes are no different than your skin when it comes to protecting them from the sun, right? Right. And even think about those contacts. They're not covering the whole part of the eye. True. It's a small part of Very it. Very true. So, yeah, no, you want to be definitely wearing Okay. Wearing Makes total sunglasses. sense. Again, for those of you listening, anything you need from Alan, he can take care of you. 303 321 one five seven eight. Alan is, by the way, conveniently located, really easy to get to. Monaco and Evans. Am I saying that yep, the correct Monaco way? Monaco and Evans. Basically, the southwest corner. Unless the woke people decide to get rid of Evans. <laughs> a lot of construction going on down around <laughs> oh, that area. Oh, it is. Oh, that's terrible in Iliff. So if you can find another way to get there, I'm I'm I'm, I'm just a mile and a half east of I twenty five and Evans. Yes. It's really not. It's actually very easy to get to. By the way, even with the construction, it's not that yeah. hard. Now, if you're coming from the east in, yeah, there's a couple of different ways you can go and yeah, get around some of that. Yeah, you could take M- Mississippi and come all the way down to Monaco and come in, or okay. take Alameda all the way down okay. to Monaco and come in. But anyway, Anyways, whatever you need from Alan, go see him, including the eye exam itself. He's got a great doctor. In fact, as far as I'm concerned, the best doctor. He does things that most of your eye doctors are not going to do. He's been doing it for a very long time, and Alan can help you with all of that, and you've got one of the cheapest eye exams on the planet. Yep. yep. So 69 bucks, go in, get it done, and then once all that's done, Alan can custom make whatever you need. And I said it earlier, but I'll say it again. Also, all the designer eyewear, Alan has all of that as well. So if you want to be that Vogue guy or gal, <laughs> Alan can take care of you as well. All right, Thank that's it go. for Fix It Radio. We'll be back for Drive Radio in a moment. Don't go anywhere. This is KLZ 560. Opinions expressed on KLZ 560 are those of the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ Management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station.